here we go. Welcome to the Nine Rap Fantasy Football Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back into the Nine Route Fantasy Football Podcast. Pat and Scott, we are in week 11. We're getting down to the nitty-gritty on regular season and playoffs around the corner. We're going to talk a little bit about our starts and sits of this week. First, we're going to talk about, obviously, a lot of different concepts in the matchups themselves and where we stand, uh, who we like, who we don't like. First off, uh, again, we like to thank everybody that listens to us. Uh, please like and subscribe. We are at the Nine Route One on Twitter, also at Scott from Delco on Twitter. We are at the Nine Route FFB at gmail.com if you want to shoot us an email. Our website, you want to check it out with all the links. We are at www.thenineroundffb.com. We're on YouTube. Uh, again, if you're, you want to play something in the background, you can always like and subscribe there. Apple Podcasts, Podbean. Give us a holler, follow, share, and subscribe. We are sliding into a couple more bye weeks. Right now, this week, coming up week 11, we are minus the Jacksonville Jaguars, no Miami Dolphins, the Seahawks are in the nest, and the Buccaneers are in port. They are not at sea uh, this week. <laughs> So we are, you know, missing some big names, honestly. You know, every team, it doesn't matter how bad the football team or good it is. Uh, again, there's fantasy-relevant players everywhere. And obviously missing some big names, that does bump up the concept of some of these other guys that we're looking at based on the matchups that they have, you know, how they've been playing, trending up, trending down, and so forth. Injury is always a factor as well. Pat, where do we stand right now? I believe you are still winning, uh, starting to pull away a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, unfortunately, depending on who you're talking about, but uh, so yes, the overall contest, our, our head-to-head contest, I am ahead 54 to 44. We had another draw this week. Our, our defenses ended up with the same uh, score. I think what I'm going to do is just update the wins and losses and just give us each an extra win, make it easier so I don't have to keep saying 54, 44, and 2. But this week in our individual start sits, you went 4, 4, and 2. You had two players either not play or not finish because of injury the other eight you were four and four in those start sits i ended up at five and four i still have one player going in the monday night game uh, Devonte smith so depending on how he does i will either be six and four or five and five and this past week in our head head matchup uh, i went up 50 i'm sorry i went up five to four this particular week with that again that that one tie so distance myself a little bit more from you this week but you know like you said last week we're still it's still early we're still uh you know we're still in the thick of it here so you have uh you've quite a chance and you did beat me to the uh you beat me to the show sheet today so i did have to change a couple of my starts and sits because you got there first and we'll see if uh we'll see if that has any bearing on how the week ends up playing out if you get those wins i'm gonna be i'm gonna be putting a little asterisk next to those guys to see if you getting them in first this week you just helped uh, creating helped a new metric, you know, points that should have been mine and just, <laughs> add, just add them in. Any so way I can find if you, you is... talking about real world now. Um, <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, man, it's all good. It's all good. We're still friends. But you lead, so I guess you get the uh, coin flip in your favor and you get to kick or uh, receive, right? 
Yeah, sure. Um, well, since you beat me to the show sheet, then I'll go first. Um, that way it looks like all of these picks were, were my idea first and that I didn't, <laughs> you didn't steal any of them from me. Um, but, uh, all right, so let's start it off. Start this. My start this week is going to be Daniel Jones versus the Detroit Lions. Jones has kind of been a middle-of-the-road quarterback for fantasy so far this year. He's currently the, the QB 12 on a points-per-game basis, though. He really doesn't do a lot of that in the passing game. He's only thrown for over 200 yards twice this season. But he also hasn't been turning the ball over, which the past couple of years has kind of been his M.O. He's only got two interceptions and two fumbles lost on the season. And I think that's because his new head coach, Brian Dayball, has been putting him in really easy read situations where he basically, you know, in the games that I've noticed, and I don't watch a ton of the Giants games, but in the games that I have seen and the parts that I have seen, he seems to be able to kind of go to his first read right away. Like these plays are designed well to get the primary target open. And the Giants have also run the ball at the third highest rate in the league this year. So they're taking the ball out of his hands not allowing him to turn the ball over, uh, but they are letting him run the ball. He's actually fourth in rush attempts, fourth in rushing yards, and I believe tied for fifth in rushing touchdowns amongst all quarterbacks. So he does have a little bit of a floor to his fantasy value because of that rushing. I do think this week against the Detroit Lions, he's going to be forced to throw a little bit more, and that could be a good thing for him because the Lions are the worst team versus the quarterback in fantasy. They give up roughly 23 points per game to the quarterback position. They also rank in the bottom six versus wide receivers and tight ends. So they just can't stop any part of the passing game. Normally I'd be out on Danny dimes and really any giants pass catchers, but this week versus Detroit, I think you can start them with confidence in a game that I think is going to be a little bit more high scoring than most people think that it is. I I think this could be maybe not necessarily a, a, you know, a barn burner, a 70 some point, but I think both of these teams can and will score in this game. And, and I like Daniel Jones to uh, be a part of a couple of those touchdowns for the Giants. God, I hope you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> so for my quarterback start of the week, folks, let's ride. I am going with Russell Wilson. Not a fan, but a fan of the matchup. Uh, he has not really performed too well. He is QB five, four, three, twenty-two in our league of record. That is uncharted territory for Russ. Obviously, a new team this season. Uh, started off looking okay. Uh, three out of four matchups were pretty solid in his favor. Uh, one being against the Las Vegas Raiders in a loss. He put up over thirty-one points in our league of record. Uh, and then things have really taken a tumble. Just really bad. Uh, you know, a little banged up. Missed a game against the Jets. Uh, came out of a bye week, and uh, they did lose to the Tennessee Titans this past week. But he's going back up against those Las Vegas Raiders, uh, who, in case you haven't noticed, their defense sucks. They are just really bad. I mean, to watch Derek Carr cry on stage, not because of his offense being bad. Uh, and again, he's not perfect, but he, he is given it everything. But their defense is brutal. They've given up 17 touchdowns to the quarterback position, passing only three picks, giving up about 22 points a game. And again, having that monster game earlier in the season, I don't see that defense doing anything, uh, anything at all to be able to really stop them. And again, that game was on the road. Uh, They get them in mile high. Well, it's not that name anymore, but in the mile high city, 
uh, and a Sunday four o'clock start here on the East Coast. So I like Russ to cook a lot against those Las Vegas Raiders. It will be dinner time. So, yep. All right. So let's go to running backs. Uh, my start of the week at the running back position is going to be Jarek McKinnon this week. I'm going a little bit deep on this one, which is what we do here at the nine round uh, versus the Los Angeles Chargers. I feel like I picked on the Bears so much this year, so I'm giving them a break this week, even though they go up against the second-best rushing attack in the league uh, in the Atlanta Falcons. But this week I'm going to go with Jarek McKinnon versus the Chargers because, like we talked about in our waiver wire episode, McKinnon has become the pass-catching specialist for the Chiefs. And in this game against the Chargers, I imagine there's going to be a lot of pass attempts on both sides of the ball. The Chargers throw the ball the most in the league of the most pass attempts per game in the league. And the chiefs are fourth in pass attempts per game. Both offenses can score. I believe Keenan Allen hope Keenan Allen should be back for this game, which will give the chargers a little bit more juice and a little bit more uh, ability to move the change and potentially score uh, even more points. This game actually has the highest over under of the week at 50 points. And I honestly believe that we could see a lot more points scored in this game than 50 both of these teams are giving up over 23 actual points per game. And I just feel like this game has a lot of shootout potential and just makes for a lot of really good fantasy plays uh, on both sides of the ball, honestly. If this does end up being a back-and-forth affair, I could see McKinnon playing a, a lot of snaps, 60-plus percent of the snaps, and seeing you know anywhere between 8 and 10, 11, 12 targets. Uh, in this game, and so I do like Jarek McKinnon, and I will be playing him in a couple of my leagues this week. My running back start of the week is going to be that Devin Singletary from the Buffalo Bills. He had a, a pretty nice game yesterday against the Minnesota Vikings, albeit the end result was not good for the team. 13 carries, 47 yards, and two touchdowns. He caught one or two targets, no yardage, just a, a reception there. He hasn't had a ton of usage, uh, more, a lot less than I thought. And obviously with that offense, it tends to be a little bit pass first, pass heavy. But he has had some some games where he has broken through, uh, not touchdown dependent. These were actually his first two rushing touchdowns of the season. He only had one receiving touchdown to his name, so that's three total. And in our league of record, he is RB24. Josh Allen had... A reasonable game, but obviously a costly turnover there at the end, and, and there was a lot that went on with that. Maybe the game shouldn't have been that close with that defense, so on and so forth. But I feel like Devin Singletary in this matchup this week against the Cleveland Browns, who are you know known for their defense, but not against the running back. Uh, they're actually about the fourth worst overall. They've given up 12 rushing touchdowns. That's tied for second in the league, only behind the Houston Texans. They do give up some passing yardage as well to the running back position. They've given up three touchdowns and, and about 25 points a game, again, which really keeps them in that top three, four area. Uh, so I feel like Singletary is going to get some usage. I think they might want to take a little bit of that yoke off of Josh Allen with the questionable injuries. Stuff from last week, again, he looked effective, but he definitely was not 100%. Uh, I think Devin Singletary gets a little bit more involved this week. And, and I think just like last year, down the stretch, they utilized him more and more as they pushed into the playoffs. Uh, I think they're going to have to lean on him again. I like him a lot this week against the Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's a good call. For my wide receiver start of the week, I am going to go with DJ Moore versus the Baltimore Ravens. Baltimore is giving up the sixth 
most points to the wide receiver position so far this year. And believe it or not, they have actually held a double-digit lead in every single game they've played this season. Carolina is also giving up the ninth most points in the league, so I could absolutely see the Ravens jumping out to a big lead and the Panthers having to throw the ball to get back into this game. Moore's production has kind of fallen off over the the last two weeks, but one of those games was against the Falcons, who were basically behind. If you remember, that was the uh, the Thursday night game this past week. The Panthers were ahead the whole game, and they really didn't need to throw the ball. P.J. Walker only ended up with 16 pass attempts total in that game, so really hard for the wide receivers to do any damage uh, fantasy wise when you know there's only 16 total targets to go around to the entire team so uh, I do think this week versus Baltimore a much better offense the Panthers are going to be forced to throw the ball a lot more now again with uh, as you had mentioned in our last episode with the PJ Walker injury Baker Mayfield coming back in does not give me a ton of confidence but DJ Moore is a talented wide receiver and I think as long as he gets the targets uh, and Baltimore's defense has been Swiss cheese basically at this this point. So uh, I think if DJ Moore can get the targets against this defense, he could be set up for a really big game against Baltimore this week. I kind of agree. I just hope you're wrong. Uh, <laughs> uh, my wide receiver start of the week, uh, I'm going to dive a little deeper. I'm not going to take maybe the, the easy way out, so to speak. But a, a guy who kind of got on the – the score sheet a little bit yesterday, uh, first game back after being out for two games, Nico Collins, five receptions, 10 targets, 49 yards, and a touchdown, put him into double-digit land for uh, our league of record, close to 16 points in a tough loss to the New York Giants. Again, I know he had the, the couple weeks out with the injury, but you're starting to see a little bit of that hype. He was playing at a pretty decent level. Uh, they came out of a bye week, and then he got banged up and, and again, missed the last couple games. But to see him bounce back and put this up with a touchdown against a secondary uh, that is one of the best in the league against the wide receiver position. The Giants are about the fourth best overall, giving up points and, and touchdowns to that position. This week gets a little bit of an easier play. Uh, they're going up against the Washington Commanders on a bit of a shorter week. They give up about 24 points to the position. You're starting to see Brandon Cooks get basically like phased out, so to speak, of that offense. Uh, you know, they stripped him of his captaincy. He was very – he was pissed. He, he he wanted to get traded. He did not want to be on that team anymore. And that's usually a sign, I think, to most of these franchises that it's time to move on. It's time to evaluate what we have. Uh, we know the Texans aren't really angling for any playoff spots or, or anything soon. So they definitely want to evaluate their younger players. Nico Collins, Chris Moore as well has been nice for them. Uh, but I really like what he's done – this year in the limited time that he's had coming back from an injury to do that much that quickly is a good sign. He actually leads the team in yards per game for wide receivers, uh, just beating out Brandon cooks and only trails him by about 20 targets. And I think through the end of the season, if he stays healthy, you'll see that start to trend up, but I do like him this week. Uh, it'll be a short week for those commanders. So again, they're going to be coming off of getting beat up probably pretty good by the Eagles wide receiver core. Uh, I think Nico Collins has a chance to to get another double digit, maybe with a touchdown. And as long as he's making those receptions in PPR, that'll get you over the hump. So before I continue here, just just want to throw this out here since we're literally in the middle of talking about fantasy football. I just made a trade in, uh, in one of my leagues. Well, a trade was just accepted in one of my leagues. And uh, I'd like to get your opinion on it. So I just traded Najee Harris for Christian Kirk straight up 
in a league. And uh, I have James Conner, uh, Deontay Foreman, and Ramondre Stevenson already on my squad, as well as Elijah Mitchell. What do you? How do you feel about that? What do you? You think I think I made a good deal? You think that I probably should have held on to Harris a little bit longer? Is it dynasty? No, this is a standard. Uh, it's basically just like our league of record, but with other people. Gotcha, gotcha. Uh, and who are your other wide receivers now that you've acquired Christian Kirk? I have Mike Evans and Devontae Adams. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, if you have enough firepower still in the running back position, I mean, again, Harris wasn't giving you the production this year that he did last year where, you know, at this point in time he was a top five running back and, you know, in, in 2021 – and at this point in time, you know, just looking at our league of record, he's not even, you know, front page news. So I, I think making that move probably definitely strengthened you. Um, you know, Mike Evans got a little banged up. So, you know, he always plays hurt, but he always ends up getting his yardage. Um, Christian Kirk, meanwhile, being, again, I don't know how your scoring system is, but he's what, wide receiver seven in our league, you know, had a nice little game yesterday. So I think that was a positive move in your way. Like being able to cut ties with people that, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting. Is this a, is this going to get you in? Are you playoff bound? Is this something oh, where yeah. you're trying to be? Yeah, yeah I'm, so. I should be in first place in the league after this week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, that that's a power move. And, and I think it shows people, again, that you're willing to move off of somebody with that much preseason hype. And, and you know, again, I was the guy. I was totally a, a, a Najee Harris guy. And, you know, it turns out he, he burnt me pretty bad. That's between him and Kyle Pitts and most of my leagues. That's why I've really done so poorly is – that one-two punch that I thought was going to be there at those positions is non-existent. Uh, you know, again, I have an RB 25 to 30 as my number one guy. The only saving grace I've had was Damian Pierce. So I have a little bit of a future in some of our leagues, but yeah, I've had to have to basically look to move off them. Now for where you're at, I, I think it's a solid trade. I mean, again, I think you're upgrading and to have that many wide receivers, you said you got Kirk, you got Evans and, and Devontae Adams. Mm -hmm. uh, I don't think there's probably anybody else in your league that has better wide receivers. So, you know, <laughs> that being said, as long as you're deep enough, yeah, I think you're good to go. Yeah. I, I, I think honestly the, the, you know, Benjamin release news that we talked about on the last episode uh, gave me a little bit more confidence in Connor. I, I kind of, you know, was a little wishy-washy on him. And then when I found out that, you know, Benjamin was released, I'm like, all right, well, Connor's definitely the guy there. And, you know, he had a good week this week. So I was, I was okay moving off of Najee Harris to get myself a, uh, you know, yeah. a third option. Evans will be on by this week coming up. Well, Christian Kirk will be on by as well this week. Mm -hmm. So I won't get to use him in that spot, but you know, I'm, I'm still fine with, with, you know, what I got going forward for week 11. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, it uh, it works out. But I still also do have Jalen Warren on my roster. If uh, if the tide does turn, I could I could end up have you know still having the Steelers starting. Yeah, back. in a sense, you still have one of the better running backs on that team, and a yeah. guy who's getting more usage. And the, the sneaky guy you have is Reminder Stevenson, who you know quietly he plays for New England. You know he is what he is, but. Uh, he does get receptions. He does get points. And I mean, again, in, in our league of record, he's a top 10 running back. Mm -hmm. So, you know, give or take a spot. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't think you, you've weakened yourself by getting rid of him. And again, you have a guy that now you might even be able to sneak him in. Uh, Warren, see if th that guy's a little scared now and wants to pick him up, might be able to sneak another player out of him. But <laughs> yeah, nice trade. Good for you. All right. So let's get back to the uh, the start sits. 
I was just curious how you uh, how you you felt about that because I do know how how big you were on on Harris coming into the season. So I, I I had another trade out there involving Harris that I I would have rather have been accepted. Uh, Tyree Kill was involved in that deal, but uh, you know I kind of didn't think that one was going to go through. So. All right, so on to my tight end start of the week. This week, I like Greg Dulcich versus the Las Vegas Raiders. Basically, for a lot of the same reasons that you like Russell Wilson, Dulcich is now the guy in Denver. He's he's played over 80% of the snaps in each of Denver's last two games. You know, their, their other tight ends that they were kind of mixing in are role players at this point. Aquabinom's basically become a, a blocking tight end. And Dulcich has become their their receiving threat. Now with the possibility that the Broncos could be without Jerry Judy in this game against one of the worst pass defenses in the league, I think Dulcich is set up to be a, a major player in this game and in the Broncos offense moving forward, honestly. I don't expect this matchup to have anywhere near uh, the fireworks, uh, you know, the scoring that the other AFC West matchup has. But I do expect Dulcich to be one of the bigger contributors on the Broncos side of the box score. So uh, I do like Dulcich this week against the Raiders. And I, as good as the, the Denver Broncos defense is, I, I do think that they are going to have to throw the ball a little bit. It's really hard no matter who you have out there at the cornerback position. It's really hard to stop Devontae Adams. So uh, I do think the Raiders are, can put a few points on the board and uh, and Denver's going to have to match them to to stay in this game. That is true. I do like uh, I do like Dolchich. Yeah, I think that offense has a chance to really blossom, and he has a good opportunity, like you say, if Judy's even not 100%, not playing, all that stuff, it just boosts him. Another tight end, I guess you would say, importance. How about Robert Tanyan? I like him this week. Uh, I know it's a matchup against those Tennessee Titans that are not, you know, not super strong against the tight end position. They do give up the yardage and things of that nature. I kind of lean a little bit that way, more so too, because I think now with Christian Watson putting people on notice and uh, maybe Aaron Rodgers being a little bit more comfortable with that offense as a whole, might look to get back to basics and look to get a a guy moving, uh, someone like Tanyan. You know, he he only did get uh, one target, one catch for eight yards against the Dallas Cowboys this past week. Uh, You know, was definitely locked into – Pass protection, you know, when you have a linebacking core like they do, Micah Parsons, who did some spy work on Aaron Rodgers. Other than that, I mean, he had had what at least four targets into five straight in five straight games coming into this past Sunday. So being an afterthought on that level is not too horrible. Uh, it's a shorter week, too, coming into a Thursday night matchup against Tennessee. So it's going to be a quicker turnaround. And for a guy that maybe, you know, health wise should be pretty much there. Uh, to see him get some of that love, probably a touchdown. We know Big Shot Bob is touchdown dependent from back in the day, uh, but has gotten his catches and his fair share of the season with only one touchdown to speak of. He is currently the tight end 11 in our league of record. So I like Robert Tanyan. I think he gets a score, maybe four catches, 60 yards, and a touchdown this week uh, against those Tennessee Titans on Thursday night football. I like you calling the whole stat line there. That's, uh, that's, that's impressive. Hey, we'll see. We'll see. All right. Well, looking at the at the show sheet, I I know who your your defensive start of the week is. This is going to be a fun little matchup for us to watch. I am going with the Rams versus the New Orleans <laughs> Saints. Now, this is one of the this is one of the ones that I did have. Uh, I had the Saints at first, and then 
Uh, once I realized that you had already put them in, I switched over to the Rams because I think this game as a whole is shaping up to be one of the least interesting and entertaining games of the week. Both of these offenses will be missing key pieces, and both defenses come in to this game playing fairly well up to this point. The Vegas line expects this game to be one of the lower-scoring affairs with the over-under just under 40 total points. The Saints, they've switched quarterbacks to Andy Dalton in order to cut back on you know some of the turnovers. That was that was what they said. Like moving forward, they want to be a, a you know less turnover-prone offense and. It just seems like when Jameis Winston is in the building, it's like the flu. Like everybody just catches it because Andy Dalton has thrown six interceptions in his last four games, two of which have been returned for touchdowns. Now, again, I talked last week about predicting defensive touchdowns, and I'm, I'm not trying to predict the defensive touchdown, even though I should have been right in the game last week. I called the touchdown. I said, oh, I think the Cardinals could score a defensive touchdown in, in, in this game. Sure enough, they had a strip sack fumble that J.J. Watt recovered and was probably about 15 yards or so from the end zone. Referees blew the play dead and called it an incomplete pass. And then, you know, when they went back and showed it on review, it was, in fact, a fumble. Watt clearly recovered it. They did give the Cardinals the ball, but Watt would have scored a, easily scored a touchdown on that play uh, had they let the play run out the way that they probably should have done and just let it let it run out and then correct it if it was wrong, you know, via replay after the play. But whatever it is, what it is. But this could be one of those games where the defenses have to step up and and a defensive score one way or the other. Because I think the the Saints also have the ability and and there's going to be a chance for them to score a defensive touchdown as well. But I think one of these teams could score a defensive touchdown and that defensive touchdown could be the difference in this game. Definite possibility. I look at the other side of that. Yes, I do like those Nolan Saints. They are going up against the Los Angeles Rams, who are not anything like they were, uh, you know, a, a year ago offensively. You have questions at the quarterback position. Uh, Stafford was out. Enter John Walford. It wasn't uh, a pretty game by any stretch for that team. Uh, you know, I, I do think that. The New Orleans Saints overall have been a, a decent defense. They're not highly ranked in a sense. They're, they're 25th, actually, in our league of record. Uh, they do get a little bit feisty when it comes to sacks. Uh, you know, they, they have kind of picked up the pace. They just had six this weekend against Kenny Pickett, albeit in a tough loss. You know, that's you're only scoring 10 points. You're only scoring 13 points the previous week. Uh, that's your offense. That's not your defense. And I know, like you just said, Pat, about uh, Jameis Winston and Dalton, and that they don't really seem like they know what they're doing with the quarterback spot. They have nothing to gain by tanking, uh, and that division's still up for grabs, so it'll be interesting to see. But I do feel like the Rams as a whole, uh, again, that offense is not nearly as explosive as it was last year. Uh, you know, a Super Bowl champ and, and able to put up so much as a whole, you know, they definitely don't look to be that team. So I do think that the Saints are going to give them a game. At the end of the day, I, I just don't think that that they're going to be able to bring it. And I do like the New Orleans Saints to uh, beat up on those Rams that like to give up points to the defense. They're about second or third best in the league. So I will see your Rams and raise you a Saint. All right. And that will do it for our starts of the week. 
Let's go ahead and move into our sits. So this week, my sit of the week at quarterback is going to be in the same game as your start of the week. Uh, I'm going to sit Derek Carr versus the Denver Broncos. I honestly think Derek Carr should go into Denver and thank Russell Wilson for being so bad this year because I think it's the only thing keeping the media from realizing how bad the Raiders actually are. The whole AFC West, minus the Chiefs, obviously, has been fairly disappointing through Week 10. Uh, I think the Chargers are 500, and the Chiefs are above 500, and that's it. And I think coming into the year, everybody sort of expected the AFC West to be kind of what the NFC East is, where they have you know three teams well above 500, but that's not the way that this year has gone. Now, some of that is due to injuries. Some of it is due to you know, just poor play. And especially both of these two teams have not played well so far this year for Denver. It's been the offensive side of the ball for Las Vegas. It's been the defensive side of the ball. The one thing that the Broncos do have though, that's keeping them in games is that defense. They rank number one in actual points allowed per game, passing yards per attempt, passing yards per completion, total passing yards per game and passing touchdowns per game allowed. So basically you can't throw uh, against the Denver Broncos defense is, is what we're telling you. And honestly, they're pretty good against the run as well. So uh, it's going to be a, a tough day for the Raiders. The Broncos have pretty much shut down every passing attack that they have faced so far this year, except, of course, Titans superstar Nick Westbrook-Akine. Um, you know, for whatever reason, just, yeah, you know, I, I'm not really sure if they didn't realize that he was like in the game, like maybe they thought he was on the sideline. I don't know what happened, but, uh, don't get me wrong now. I think Devonte Adams is still going to do what Devonte Adams does. I, I don't think, you know, even as good as Pat Sertan is, I don't think there's a cornerback in the league that can truly stop Devonte Adams, but with Renfro out with Waller out. I think the Broncos can you know can bracket Adams a little bit more. They can key on stopping him, key on stopping Jacobs out of the backfield, and keep this a fairly low-scoring game. And I think obviously, you know, in low-scoring games, players tend to not score as many fantasy points, obviously because there's not as many touchdowns scored. So uh, by default, I am sitting Derek Carr this week versus the Broncos. Talking about the sit of the week at the quarterback position is going to be Kirk Cousins. I know people are really looking at a big win yesterday and, and the captain Kirk led them back and uh, you know, they defeated Buffalo. They basically, they lost the game except for that fumble. We kind of all know that. And then obviously kicking a field goal in overtime. Uh, he did throw for 357 yards. He was 30 of 50 passing one touchdown early and then two picks. He did get, you know, point bonus totals, obviously for throwing that many yards. Sure. But at the end of the day, in our league of record, he was uh, only 17 and change as far as points. Not super great. I mean, he's kind of like a top 10 quarterback in our league, but at the same time, he has had moments where, again, he's really done numbers. Uh, you're you're going to be able to do that against certain teams. But uh, I know you, you made me think that he shredded the Buffalo Bills. Nah, not really. And again, this week, you're going to go up against a team that is really tough against that quarterback position. You're going up against the Dallas Cowboys. They don't really give up a lot of points to that position. Uh, I know people say, well, yeah, so did Buffalo. Dallas just got kind of embarrassed in Lambeau by none other than Aaron Rodgers. Not even trying to pretend to compare the two quarterbacks by any stretch. 
of the imagination. But Dallas gets to come home in, in a Sunday matchup, 425 here on the East Coast, going up against those Minnesota Vikings. I can't see them in that defense getting embarrassed twice by two teams. Uh, again, Green Bay, Minnesota, back-to-back weeks. So Kirk Cousins, not going to be a good week for you. Definitely would be worth a sit against those Dallas Cowboys. All right. Well, I think that's one that we finally disagree on. Mm-hmm. All right. So my sit of the week at the running back position, strangely enough, is going to be Najee Harris versus the Cincinnati Bengals. The Bengals are surprisingly a pretty good defense this season. They're top 10 in yards per attempt and touchdowns per game versus the opposing running backs. Even in the matchups that Najee's supposed to dominate, he just hasn't this year. You know, we talked a little bit about him, you know, in that whole trade discussion earlier. He's He may be the biggest non-injury bust so far of the fantasy season. I mean, Kyle Pitts could be in there uh, as well. And there's I'm sure there's a few other guys also. But now Harris is facing increased competition from rookie Jalen Warren who has seen his snap and carry counts rise each of the last three weeks while Harris's are falling. And this could be becoming more of what we see in Dallas with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, where it's sort of a 60-40 split uh, than anybody, I think, thought possible heading into the season. But that's where we're at at this point, and that's one of the reasons why I was trying to trade him in in that league that I, I finally did. I think if you have a better option at running back, which may not be the case if you drafted Najee Harris in the end of round one, beginning of round two. You may not have a better option. But if you do, and you can afford to put him on the bench this week, I would advise to do so. These AFC North games tend to be one of two ways. They either are just absolute score fests where both teams are putting a ton of points on the board, or they're very tight, contested defensive battles. And I think with Again, with the Bengals being a better defense than I think people give them credit for, and the Steelers having just gotten T.J. Watt back and showing what they can do on defense this past week, I think this is going to be the latter. I think it's going to be one of those defensive battles, and I don't think that there's going to be many points scored by either side. And I think that, you know, if you can, like I said, if you can find a spot on your bench for Najee Harris, I I think uh, that's where he should end up this week. Uh, Hate to agree, but yeah. Uh, my running back sit of the week, albeit it's definitely somebody who's a starter for most teams, but this is going to be one week where you're definitely going to want to look for somebody else. We talked about, uh, you know, in our previous episode about Eno Benjamin being released, James Conner of the Arizona Cardinals. They're going to go up against the San Francisco 49ers this week. The best against the running back position, Uh, you know, pound for pound, the best defense in football right now. They don't give up yards. They don't give up points. They barely give up a score. Uh, only giving up about 12 points a game to that position. I mean, I think the game's going to be a bit of a bloodbath overall. I feel like Arizona is probably going to get smushed pretty hard. Um, so I don't see James Conner really being a, an effective piece. If anything, I think some of the wide receivers in garbage time might factor in. Uh, I know that Kyler Murray missed that game, and and you never know. He might not be healthy enough for back-to-back weeks. I do like Colt McCoy as a backup, but if he does end up being play being the play in this game, uh, it still won't help them. Yeah, I don't see James Conner having anything outside of probably a single digit, maybe eight points at best, uh, if he's lucky. I don't expect a touchdown out of him. Uh, he's definitely somebody that you could find a lot better 
floor wise, just just period. I know he's a stronger play like that, but this defense is too tough. So James Conner, sorry, buddy. You're on the bench this week. My sit of the week at wide receiver. I am going to go with Terry McLaurin versus the Houston Texans. I've mentioned before during our start sits that the Texans don't lose games by giving up a ton of yardage and points through the air. They lose it by not being able to stop the opposing running game. With Washington coming in with two pretty solid running backs in Antonio Gibson and Brian Robinson, I think the plan will be to run the ball early and often and you know, try to keep themselves out of passing situations with Taylor Heineke at quarterback. If they do happen to find themselves in passing situations, McLaurin will most likely be covered by Steven Nelson, who's pro football focuses ninth best coverage cornerback in the league. I feel good about rolling out both backs in this game. I think Gibson and Robinson both have a decent scoring potential. You know, both could get 12 to 15 carries in this game, but I don't like any of the commanders wide receivers and especially not Terry McLaurin going up against Nelson, uh, which is where Nelson lines up, uh, you know, on the outside against the team's number one receiver. He's not, he doesn't necessarily shadow, but McLaurin doesn't really move around the offense a lot. Curtis Samuel was more of the, uh, you know, put him outside, put him in the slot, put him in the backfield type of guy, whereas McLaurin is just sort of like the straight-up, you know, outside X receiver, and that's that's where he's going to be up against Nelson. So I do think Washington wins that game, but I don't think that they they do it through the air. I think it's going to be a, com- a combination of both running backs having decent games against the Houston Texans. My wide receiver sit of the week, uh, I know most people won't sit him, but I, I seriously don't suspect that he's going to have a, a strong game. doesn't matter who's a quarterback. Uh, Michael Pittman of the Indianapolis Colts, they're going to go up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, not looking good for that poor guy. Obviously, you know, Matt Ryan being under center, you actually had a legit quarterback. That's true. You know, he did get back into his scoring Seven catches, nine targets, 53 yards, has only one touchdown all season. That was week one where he had his big game uh, in that 2020 kiss-your-sister tie against the Houston Texans. He did have a big game against Jacksonville. But uh, if you're looking at at a team that can shut out a wide receiver, kind of lock them out completely, we saw Darius Slay, for instance. It'll probably be his shadow for most of this game. Uh, completely take Justin Jefferson, who most – believe is the best wide receiver in football completely out of the minnesota vikings matchup from earlier this season this strikes me as another one of those throw the gauntlet down type of games because Pittman is highly touted he's a very good wide receiver Uh, i just don't see it happening this week against the philadelphia eagles Uh, i expect another big birds win and i don't think that Pittman or much of that offense is going to be tangible i did see where avante maddox just made it on to ir for four games Uh, he had been a little banged up this year if there's anybody on that roster and you say, well, no Pittman, what are you talking about? Paris Campbell, who's been playing pretty well recently, has been doing a lot of work out of the slot. So knowing that they might pick on that matchup more than anything. But Pittman with a Darius Slay shadow, uh, to me, just equals a, a game where you're, uh, unfortunately, you know, uh, you're not going to bench him, but you're not going to get the usage out of him that you think. So unfortunately, Mike, you've seen better days. We'll get him next week against the Steelers. <laughs> I like the pep talk. I'm I sure he appreciates it. He's a good player. It's just one of them games where it's just not going to work. Hand on his hips a lot. Defeated. Head shaking. Maybe he won't call Ryan out, but you know it's it's going to be one of them games for him. 
All right. So my sit of the week at tight end position is going to be, this is actually hard for me because I, I, I've been kind of banging the drum to pick this guy up. And now I'm saying to sit him this week. I do still think you should roster him. Uh, we did mention him in our waiver wire episode <laughs> earlier this week. Jawan Johnson of the New Orleans Saints is going up against the Los Angeles Rams. And even though Johnson has been an integral part of the offense lately, he's got a tough matchup this week against a solid Rams secondary and or linebacking core. The Rams rank set tied for second versus the tight end position, giving up just 7.8 PPR points per game. This game also has a really low over-under, like I had said earlier, it's under 40 points. And it just doesn't really project to have a lot of points scored by either team. Obviously, you want to look for fantasy options outside of those games because, listen, if the team's only projected to score 17 points, you only got, you know, what, two opportunities to get a touchdown. And Juwan Johnson, you know, like we said on our last episode, is going to be somewhat touchdown dependent. I can see him still having a few targets, but unless he finds the end zone, I just don't think he's going to be worth the play. And I just I just don't suspect him to, to find the end zone this week against the Rams' tough defense. I'm going to sit a guy that I'm probably going to be looking to cut soon from most <laughs> of my non-dynasty teams. I actually did in my one league because I'm already out of that. Uh, that would be that Kyle Pitts uh, going up against the Chicago Bears, who are a, a pretty solid defense when it comes to uh holding back the tight end position bears uh they did just give up a touchdown this week but beyond that they had only given up two prior uh the detroit lions did defeat them roquan smith is no longer there the linebacker had been traded to the ravens but overall they are still a very solid defense uh, against that tight end position they still attack the quarterback a lot forcing that tight end to stick around and, and keep the quarterback upright as much as possible uh, and doesn't get a lot of options. And we know that Kyle Pitts, unfortunately, is just that guy where, you know, all that talent, all that hype. And again, you know, you have another matchup this week that on Thursday night, eight targets, only two catches. You know, it's just not working out. Again, maybe it's Pitts. Maybe it was all that hype of him athletically. Maybe it's the quarterback and the offensive scheme, but it's not going to work this weekend. Kyle Pitts, you are the Pitts. You're not going to be playing against the Chicago Bears in my league and probably not playing for me much longer period. Yeah, full disclosure, Pitts was one of the other guys that I had uh, as my sit, and so was Pittman. So uh, I do agree, obviously, with both of those guys. One of the uh, the stats that I was going to bring up for Kyle Pitts that just even helps your, your argument even a little bit more, the Chicago Bears and the Atlanta Falcons are the two most run-heavy teams in the league. They're the they have the most attempts. The Bears have the most. The Falcons have the second most. Bears have the most rushing yards. Falcons have the second most rushing yards. And they are at the very bottom in pass attempts. Uh, the Bears have the least pass attempts. The Falcons are actually third. They have a few more pass attempts than the Tennessee Titans do. But it's not going to be – It's not if it's a high-scoring game, it's going to be because neither of the te- these teams can stop the run and both of these teams can run. And you're going to see a lot of yards on the ground. Uh, but I think all the running backs are in play. Both quarterbacks with their rushing upside are in play. But I would not start a single pass catcher for either team in this game. My defensive sit of the week is going to be the Cowboys versus the Minnesota Vikings. I know earlier you said that 
you would sit Kirk Cousins against this Cowboys defense. I am going to sit the Cowboys defense against Kirk Cousins. The Vikings showed what they can do. Now, it may not have all been on Cousins, but they played against the Buffalo Bills, which is right on par with the Dallas Cowboys as far as one of the best defenses in the league. They hung 33 on them in an overtime win in what was probably the best game of the year. The Vikings ranked tied for sixth in points allowed to opposing fantasy defenses. They only give up about 4.6 points per game. They only average one turnover per game and score just over 25 points per game on the season. So you're not able to get turnovers. You're not really able to stop them from scoring. They haven't given up a ton. Kirk Cousins hasn't taken a ton of sacks this year. Now, I know that's an area where the Cowboys, you know, with Micah Parsons and Marcus Lawrence, I know that's a, a spot where they really excel is getting pressure on the quarterback. Uh, I think if they can do that, if they can beat up the Minnesota Vikings offensive line, which has been pretty good this year, honestly, keeping Kirk Cousins upright, I think they could, you know, they could get a couple of sacks and, and maybe score a few points. But there are much easier matchups out there than the Cowboys. Uh, I think there's probably five or six teams that I could name that have, uh, you know, a, a better matchup than than Dallas this week. So if you can get another option uh, at the defense position, I think that you definitely need to, um, you know, don't drop the Cowboys because they do have a couple of good matchups coming up over the next few weeks. But if you can afford to throw them on your bench and pick up a, uh, you know, the Saints or the Rams or whoever this week, I would I would do that and put the Cowboys on the bench. The the Vikings just have too many weapons on offense, and now that they traded for T.J. Hawkinson, you're looking at you know Justin Jefferson, who's the best receiver probably in the league. Hawkinson, who's a really good pass catching tight end. You got Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison, who have both you know just been absolute beasts when they've given them the ball out of the backfield, especially after what. Green Bay just did to the Dallas defense. I think Minnesota is going to watch that game and and sort of take that blueprint that Green Bay sort of laid out in that game and use that to to put some points up on the board against against Dallas. So uh, if you do have the Cowboys, I know that they're generally a, a lineup lock. They're probably you know a top three defense in your fantasy league. This would be one of the weeks that I would try to find another option. Well, I'm not going to root for Dallas, but I'm going to root against you. Um, <laughs> and last but not least, my defensive sit of the week. For some of you out there, uh, and again, coming off a nice 10-point showing against those Atlanta Falcons, the Carolina Panthers have quietly been a decent defense throughout the season. Um, you know, if you're streaming, they've had, this was their second double digit. They've had one true, well, one two true stinkers. But I mean, for the most part, they've been somewhere around like five to 10 points, give or take. That being said, uh, this week going up against the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, uh, that is a team that just puts up points. They give them up too, but they put up a ton of points. They have one of the best offenses in the league with, uh, as far as scoring in fantasy, which is our reality here on this show. We all know Lamar Jackson is obviously that guy. It's, it's going to be very hard to keep that team in check. And I mean, again, they do put up points averaging about 26 points a game uh, as an offense. And uh, they're actually pretty balanced. Their rushing attack is one of the best in the league. Um, as a matter of fact, they are second only to those Chicago Bears. I know you were just pointing out some some rushing stats uh, so far this season. 
pass wise is, you know, again, it's few and far between. It's when they find their options. If Mark Andrews is healthy in there and so on and so forth, but Lamar Jackson being the X factor, uh, I think Carolina gets shredded in Baltimore. I can't see them quite managing to, to take this team out anytime soon. So, you know, for that team being said, uh, Carolina Panthers, if you were looking to play them this week for some reason, God forbid, against the Ravens, don't do it. They're, they're not going to do well. They have potential for negative points this week. Yeah, Ravens are definitely tough, uh, tough team to prepare for and a tough team to defend. All right, well, that is going to do it for our start sits for this week. Again, hopefully we've given you guys some insight as to why we like some of these players, why we don't like some of these players, and – uh, you know, again, we we do our best to try to stick with the fringe players the best we can. You know, we we, we try to I don't want to say go too deep, but uh, try to give you guys that we know coming into week eleven, you're going to be making some tough decisions on. These are our opinions. Hopefully, they you know our reasoning makes sense, and hopefully they pay off, and and these guys actually do score or don't score for your fantasy teams. Uh, if, if you go ahead and take our advice, but uh, if you do have any specific lineup questions, uh, I did have somebody who listens to the podcast this past week, ask me for advice. It was kind of tough in the situation that we were in. Cause I couldn't see his roster. I didn't know who he had on his team. So it was, it was difficult to give him, you know, I had to give him like general advice. I couldn't give him any like lineup specific advice, but if you would like any of that, please feel free to reach out to us. We are on social media. We're on Twitter at the nine route one scott is at scott from delco uh, if you want to email us and uh you know you can send us a screenshot of your roster or just tell us who you have or tell us who you're trying to decide between maybe in a flex spot or should i start this quarterback that quarterback you can do so we are at the nine route ffb at gmail.com uh, you can also check out our website where there is a link to our email that website is www dot the nine route ffb.com uh, we'd also like to thank mickey's Portocol pub in tuckerton new jersey if you are in the south jersey area and you're looking for a good place to eat good place to hang out grab a drink watch a game mickey's is definitely the place kids eat free nights they have drink specials every night they have happy hour from three to six every day uh, so definitely if you get a chance and you're in the area check out mickey's Portocol pub 327 east main street in tuckerton new jersey we do appreciate their support, and uh, we would appreciate you guys supporting them and heading out there and grabbing a grabbing a beer and a, a good bite to eat. You, Scott, you got anything before we uh, before we head out of here? No, folks. Again, just uh, you know, appreciate it. We're winding down season number two here. We do appreciate everybody for listening. Uh, again, Pat, you did hit them with them, but you know, please like, subscribe, uh, let us know how we're doing. Hit us with some questions, comments, concerns. Uh, we'd love to hear from you here at the nine route. Hopefully everything we've given you this week will help push you a little bit further towards that playoff push and beyond maybe to a, another championship. Uh, we did help out one last year and we're looking to make that a few more this year. So for Pat, I am Scott. We'll see you next week. Week 12, getting close to the end uh, here at the nine route. Next week is Thanksgiving week. So you're going to have some crazy games on Thursday uh, throughout the weekend. It'll be a beautiful time to be an NFL and fantasy football fan. For Pat, I am Scott. We'll see you next week. Peace.